you know, not only is this uh, Lent uh, and kind of you know, Mardi Gras time, but this is also Valentine's uh, week coming up. And, and I say that I wouldn't want anybody to forget that, you know, particularly uh, the guys. You know, if your preacher can help you out in any way in that, you know, like that, I, I want to uh, kind of give you notice, you know, hey, it's, it's coming. And, and uh, you know, I th- as I think about that, I think about this week ahead of us, I, you know, chick flicks were invented for this week. You do know that's the reason that they do chick flicks, because it kind of brings it into Valentine mode. And, and uh, you know, one of my favorite is, uh, is Hitch. I don't know if y'all have seen Hitch. It, it stars Will Smith, and usually Will Smith kind of plays this action guy, but in this particular movie, what Will plays, he plays a, a modern-day matchmaker, and what his mission is in life is to, uh, is to help hopeful Romeos have successful dates. I mean, that's his mission, is kind of to, uh, to be that person who can kind of guide people into, here is how to have a successful date. And so he gives them lessons. This is part of how the movie works. And he, he brings and, you know, gives the guys lessons and that would hopefully be helpful. And one of the lessons that he gives is here's how to kiss. It's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. He gives them a lesson. Here is how to kiss. And so he, he kind of, what he does is he invites, he draws um, the, the guy he's working with. He says, now, we've got to practice this. Uh, and so what they do is they go forward and they stand on a front stoop. And he says, you know, you've had an, uh, a good evening. You've maybe gone out for dinner or a movie or something like that. And, and you come up and you're standing there on the, on the front porch, you know, right before the door. And there's this reaching in and bringing out of the keys. And there's this jangling of the keys. And, and as there's this jangling of the keys, there's like this, this moment, kind of like, Maybe it's a little bit awkward, maybe it's a little bit expectant, but you know, there's this moment right there. He says, now when, you've, when you're in that moment, what you do is, is you lean in. You lean in 90%. Don't go 100%, don't do that. You know, if we had the clip up here, and so I can see some of you smiling because you remember when he leans in, you, know, you lean in 90%. Because when you lean in 90%, what you're waiting for is your date to lean in 10%. And it's when the 90% and the 10% come together, that's, that's the moment. That's the moment that you're looking for when the 90% and the 10% come together. That's when the moment happens. Now, now you may think, uh, I look at this and, and I see maybe a lesson about the kingdom of God in the middle of this. And you may say, preacher, that's kind of stretching it. But, you know, I, I shared that this morning. And Adam, it's great when you have somebody just graduated from seminary. Adam comes up to me after he says, you know, it's not so much as a stretch as you think. Because in the Greek, the word worship is proskuneo. Proskuneo is translated worship. But when you get back to its root, you know what its root is? To kiss. Oh, maybe it's not as much of a stretch as I thought. <laughs> you know, it's good. I, I like it when it all works out like that. You know, you come into the moment. And when you're in the moment, what you begin to realize is as the scripture begins to unfold, is that when it comes to the kingdom of God, the good news of God, what's happening is God is leaning in 90%. You and I need to understand that God is leading in 90%. That's the way that the scripture tells the story of God's love. 
And it starts out in the, in the very beginning of the Bible when God starts leaning into humanity and you see how it happens with the patriarchs, you know, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all those old guys you read about in Genesis and the books that follow. And it happens with the priests and it happens with the prophets and God's leaning in and God's leaning in and finally God decides, well, man, I've got to, I've got to lean way, way in and God sends his son. God sends Jesus from heaven to earth. God's leaning in. And Jesus is born in a humble place. And he's raised by a mom and a dad, and he has brothers and sisters. I mean, the point is that Jesus is like us. And as he's raised, I, I love that story. You know, he goes to the temple when he's 12 or 13. I'm thinking, well, he, he's having confirmation. No, he's no, you know, but it's, you get that sense that he is just like every other good Jewish boy. You know, that's what it means to, to grow up. And so he's leaning in more and more like you and me. I want to tell you, if we were the first hearers of, if we were the first readers of Mark, and, and they were, they lived back, you know, in Israel, and, and uh, we would begin to realize, he's he just like us. He's just like you. He's just like me. And then Jesus' message this morning, the proclamation that he brings, drives that point home, that God is leaning in, 90% and more. Jesus says, the time is fulfilled. The time is now. It's not later. It's not past. It is right now. It is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God, it is so near. It's so near. I'm kind of glad he didn't use the word here because to me what happens is that the near is that that's the 90%. The kingdom of God comes to you and me in opportunities and in possibilities and the decisions we can make and in ways that we can step forward. You know, that's when the coming together is it's, it's that near, it's that close, it's imminent, it's impending, it's at hand. And Jesus says, since that's the way that the kingdom is, near and now. He tells the crowds, pay attention. And he uses religious words to do that. He's, when he says, pay attention to me, the words repent and believe are words that kind of call us into the moment to pay attention to what God is doing. Because what repent means, it's to turn. Jesus says, turn away from everything that distracts you from the whole notion that God is working in the moment. You know, kind of begin focus. You know, turn away from all that stuff that kind of, uh, you know, distracts you away and believe is to turn in. To turn into what God is doing right here and right now. Repent and believe. And that's the 90%. And then here's the 10% for you and for me. Follow. Follow. When God's leaning in, our 10% is follow. And you ask, what does follow mean? For me, it's, it's in one sense, you know, it's very complicated, but in another sense, it's really pretty easy. What you do when you come into those moments 
and you think about, okay, in this moment, Jesus is kind of leading and I'm kind of following in these moments, and you start asking yourself two questions. What does it mean to love? And what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to love the person that I'm with in this moment? What does it mean to serve the person I'm with in this moment? What does it mean to love the people that I'm with in this circumstance? What does it mean to serve the people I'm with in this circumstance? What does it mean to love the people that we're in relationship with? What does it mean to serve the people that we are in relationship with? You start asking yourself the question, what does it mean to love? What does it mean to serve? Because when you look at what Jesus does, as you read through all the stories of Jesus, he's always loving and he's always serving. I mean, that's what Jesus does. And so to follow Jesus is to love and to serve. And so you start asking yourself the question, when I find myself in the moments of of life, the right here and the right now of life, the way that I know the kingdom is near, the way that I can reach out and and touch and be, be part of that kingdom, is to begin to live into the question, what does it mean to love? And what does it mean to serve? And so Jesus comes along and he comes to the seashore, he comes to Galilee, and what that, as I kind of look at that, is that, you know, he's coming into the neighborhood. We love and we serve where we live. That's what Jesus is doing, he's loving and serving where we live. And so whether it's in, you know, the morning commuters, whether it's in the carpool, or whether it's around the coffee pot, or whether it's at the lunch table at the office, or whether it's at home uh, with our family, or whether it's in our neighborhood, you know, with our, the association, or whether it's the bridge club, or whether it's with, the, you know, whatever we're part of, we love and we serve where we live, where you live, where I live. That's, that's the mission field Jesus gives us, the people that we live with, our families, friends, co-workers, people that we like, people we don't like, you know, that's, that's the mission field. Love, serve, what's that mean? And I love the next part of that, Jesus comes to the seashore, when he comes to the seashore, what he does is he calls, he, he calls people by name. He says, you know, Simon and Andrew and James and John. You know, the way the gospel comes is always personal. It is, it is always personal. When you love someone and you serve someone, you know, they've got a name and they've got a need. That's the way it happens. It's always personal. And I just picture Jesus looking, you know, Andrew in the face, James in the face, John in the face, you know, saying, hey, we are in this moment together. I want you to follow me in this moment and be together. I tell you, when we're in the moments with the people of our lives, it is personal. You are the person in that moment that God is going to love that person through and serve that person through It is personal. The kingdom, where you are, who you are, as you are. The other thing I love about this text is when Jesus calls the fishermen, what he does not do is he does not give them a religious preference test. He doesn't ask if they can pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. I not taught that yet, you know, but he doesn't ask them that. He doesn't give them a scripture quiz. He doesn't give them a background check. He doesn't check the credit. You know, no, it's kind of like, 
right here, right now, just as you are. You step into it. God's leaning 90, follow 10. Calls us in all in that moment, just like we are. Whatever we're doing, mending, casting, not catching, or yes, catching, whatever's going on. That's the moment where the kingdom is. And then what he invites us to do, he says, when you follow, it makes a difference. It really makes all the difference. He says, follow me. He's talking to fishermen. That's why I love the play on words. Follow me, you fishermen. I will make you fishers of men. Where life is more than than making a living. Because making a living is important. But what's even more important, and you and I know this, is making a life. That's really important. To make a life. And the way you make a life is to love and to serve the people around you. In ways that they begin to get the sense the kingdom is now and that the kingdom is near I had the privilege of interviewing some candidates for ministry recently and you know, we have some fine candidates coming forward in the Methodist church I want to let you know that your future preachers of America are there. you are in good hands but one of the candidates who has really impressed me he talked to, you know, we talked about why do you want to be ordained and his answer was this I want to find out what God can do through my life. I want to invite you to think about that because that's not simply a question, you know, that's not simply an issue that the ordained person, you know, has the possibility of embracing. I want to find out what God can do through my life. And that's why I follow. I thought, man, what a powerful answer. Because the kingdom is now. And the kingdom is near. And when I follow, I'm going to find that out. You see, when the 90% and the 10% come together, that, that is the moment. That is the moment. And it always amazes me when I read through this scripture and you come to the end of the scripture and it says, and Peter and John, they, I mean, uh, Simon and Andrew, they immediately left their nets and, and James and John, they immediately left their nets. I don't know if that kind of blows your mind a little bit. That always kind of blows my mind a little bit to read about the immediacy with which they kind of just dropped everything and, and left. And I thought, you know, you know, really? But I want to tell you how I've come to understand that. You know, in the moment, I think what's happening in that moment when they're there with Jesus, they hear the keys jingling. I think in that moment, for them, it's a moment of expectancy. I think in that moment, when they see that there's a possibility to be part of what God would have for them, that in that moment, they want to find out what could God do if I were just to step forward and to love and to serve and to follow. I mean, like what would happen? And the immediacy of that moment, right then and right there in that moment, I'm going to follow. 
whatever Jesus is doing in this moment, I want to be part of that. I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, our, our closing hymn is a hymn called The Summons. It's the call. And the, and the opening line of the summer, the opening verse of the summons is beautiful. I invite you to pay attention to all the words, you know, as we sing the hymn, but it's, it's a beautiful opening line. It goes like this. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know? Because you don't know what's going to happen when you love people and you serve people. You're just not exactly sure what's going to happen in there. And never be the same. Because you won't be the same and they won't be the same and this relationship won't be the same. Will you let my love be known? Will you let my name be shown? Will you let my life be grown in you? And you in me I love the opening question will you will you let my love be shown my name be known my life be grown will you follow follow